I just ate a bunch of dino chicken nuggets. Oh, man, those are sick. And peppered french fries. The, you, you can't go wrong with that. I love every minute about it. I love everything about it. I love everything about dinosaur chicken fingers. Dinosaur chicken nuggets are the best thing in the world. Do you remember when I did a song during a show just about chicken nuggets? And were you in that show? I think I was. I was just going, my chicken nuggy nugs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think I... Frank was like, do you have anything else to say? And I was like, my chicken nuggy nugs. Nuggy nugs. My nug nugs. I love my... Yep. Uggs <laughs> for nugs. Uggs for nugs. Where you wear Uggs and you eat nugs. <laughs> I was wearing Uggs. I wore Uggs during all my shows. Or all the shows. <laughs> so how do we do this? <laughs> uh, hey, let's just... Uh... Let's just start talking. <laughs> How was your week? Um, it's pretty good. Like, uh, my first week of the summer, essentially. Really? Um, because even though I like, it felt like super anticlimactic because never really went. It wasn't I already wasn't going to school, but yeah. like. And it was already kind of a, like, you know, like, it's not, usually it's like a race to the finish line. Yeah. Now, this one is like, you know, sort of slouching across. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and I just, like, went to school, packed up my stuff, helped kids get stuff from their lockers, and, yeah, like, now it's over. That's good. You got to see some of your students before. Did where Did you have any seniors that were, like, I did have some seniors, but I didn't get to see them because I graduated, like, the month before. That's I mean, I did, like, as we did, like, the drive-by graduation. Yeah. Where they came and, like, waved to us. But and We did that, too. Uh, we drove around all over town. It took, like, two and a half hours or three. No, God, it took... And, and let the cops chase you around? Yeah. Awesome. Actually, that, yeah, that one took about two and a half, maybe three hours. Mm. And I had the athletic one with uh where we handed out all of the awards to the senior athletes and i had a couple mm. of kids that i coach and that were on that route mm-hmm. and there was that one was it started at friggin i think two o'clock and i didn't get home till almost nine wow yeah because we went to every house and we stopped and we presented an award and said some things, and then went, all right, see you later. Um, hmm. And it was cool because, like, I had three kids. I had three three athletes that were in the whole parade route. But I just went through the whole thing. So I got to see other seniors that I saw throughout the school, yeah, throughout, hmm. throughout, like, the school year. And uh, I had the shittiest car in the little parade, you know, my 97 Honda Civic. I was like, oh, they wanted a classic car for the parade, so they called me. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but it's just cool. How long was your parade route? Uh, it was like, I don't know, like four miles or something like that. Uh, like they drove from the high school to the middle school. Okay. So we drove by all the seniors' houses. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so... They did, like, we did, like, a... Uh, our school did, like, a teacher thing. Yeah. 
at some point I didn't do it because I thought it was kind of a I don't know <laughs> idea. But we did. We let the we had the student. We lined up and they drove by us for a graduation. I thought that went better. Nice. Yeah, that was that's cool. So the our seniors did like a small parade route where they drove, but they didn't have a cop escort, so it was a little more dangerous. Um, but it was still it was still really cool. They went like two streets down from where where I live, and I got to like watch them go by, and I was like, "See you guys." It was just really cool. It was really cool. They were so excited. They were all in their capping gowns, hanging out windows. There was like nine of them in one jeep, and I was like, "That's not." social distancing but good job yeah i know so i saw a ton of that like kids arriving in the same car and like that's not good yeah. one one kid drove up driving a big ass trump flag but it also said fuck your feelings on it so we got to tell him he had to take it down. <laughs> that's fantastic oh, god yeah we didn't have any of those hmm Every time I hear horns now, I'm like, oop, it's someone's birthday. I know. That's what they did for uh, uh, Jess's birthday. Yeah, they drove by. Like when yeah, we had, yeah, like her mom and I just invited a bunch of a bunch of people to come, like, park out front and just kind of had, like, an outdoor, Little... somewhat distant nice. That's awesome. <laughs> celebration. Like those. I think those are... Mm -hmm. And I know we talked about it like a couple, like a, maybe like a month or two back, but like I went to three and I thought mm. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And everyone just honks the horn and we all stop in front of the house and we say hi to the birthday boy or the birthday girl. We're just like, yeah. hey, happy birthday. And some people were throwing cards. I didn't think of that because, you know, I'm a cheapskate, I guess. But um, we had a big enough yard that people could actually, you know, people could actually get out of their cars, like, sort of stay, stay, you know, a few feet apart. But like, you know, we like the, her friends and relatives actually get to get out and talk to her. You know, nice. That's awesome. <laughs> Which is cool. Um, was now, did she come down for her birthday last year? To one of the shows, or was it? Your she came down for my birthday. Birthday, that's right. When's your? I don't think she'd ever want to come to a show for her birthday. Like I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like it's, it's like, yeah, it's like you, you, she's like you do this every week. I could come anytime. Like, <laughs> well, that's how Liz is. Not right now. <laughs> so it seems pretty special now. <laughs> that's how Liz is. Liz was yeah. her birthday a couple years ago when all of her friends came down and. We did, mm -hmm. we did a thing for her. She hates being brought on stage. And I brought her on stage during one of the shows mm -hmm. with the game Sound Effects. And um, after, like, she was terrible. I mean, great at it. No, she was terrible at it. But um, I remember after the game was done, Frank goes, Carl is going to sit this next game out and think about how much trouble he's in. And I thought I was in trouble by Frank. I brought stage who I knew because I was still new and he was and I was like oh fuck and I remember the rest of the show because it was on and I'm just sitting there like Frank's so mad at me I'm in so much trouble and then we went upstairs and I was like Frank I'm really sorry like I didn't know I couldn't bring someone up that I knew and he just goes no you're in trouble because Liz hates being brought on stage I don't give a <laughs> you're screwed because yeah. Liz is pissed at you and I went 
oh, all that relief just went away, and I was like, I don't care if she's mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever bring Jess on stage? I don't think I ever have. I don't think she'd want to be. Fair enough. Yeah, she wants to just shout things from the crowd, I think. Okay. Um... <laughs> I just remember how fucking mad she was. <laughs> but for her birthday, we brought her, we didn't bring her on stage. We directed the attention towards her and said, because it was a dance party or wedding dance. Um, you know, the one where someone makes up the dance and then we have to, the audience has to keep up with the two people, the two bit players that are making up the dance. Um, and someone else mm. is naming the dances. And, um, all of her friends were on stage. I still have pictures of all of her friends on stage attempting these dances. <laughs> and then I was just like, I have no idea what. And it was so funny. And Liz was like, that was... <laughs> That's a fun game. I like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So welcome to the Bit Players Bits Per Second podcast. I'm Jim. I'm Carl. <laughs> and we, uh, it's, a, it's a gruesome twosome this evening. Uh, Jared wasn't able to join us, so we, you, you have uh, the pleasure of being in the company of uh, of us. Jim, who knows a lot, and Carl, who knows a little. Oh, so while we're on that topic, ha- like, so we we, we had our uh, very successful uh, match your wits with the bits this last weekend, uh, to raising money for the theater. We uh, in which. Uh, our friends at Makahi Standard Trivia uh, came and helped us run a, uh, a trivia night on Zoom. Yeah, uh, which uh, I, I had a lot of fun. I don't know, Carl. Like, how do you think it went? I had a blast. Uh, the first round, when he asked all those questions, I can't even think of any of the questions he asked because I didn't know the answer to any of them. <laughs> that first round was hard. Like, I will say, I don't know if we're supposed to reveal any of the questions because yeah. he might reuse them. But but I went in to the break-off, the first mm-hmm. one, and I looked at my team and just went, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, that video is really all I'm contributing to this trivia thing tonight. So, <laughs> all right, I'll type them in <laughs> and submit them. It was so bad. <laughs> that, was, that was my weakest round, that first one. That was the, uh, what, history geography one? Yeah. I, yeah, I... That was rough. I I was floundering in some of those. Um, yeah. And it was no help. I actually steered my team towards some of the wrong answers. <laughs> Very nice of Jay, who runs the trivia night at Fastnet. That's mm-hmm. the team I was on. So mm-hmm. oh. his boys were all were on top of most of the answers. But I remember one of the questions they asked, and they were like, Carl, does that sound good? And I was like you know what, three of you said the same answer, so yeah, I'm going to say that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, right. Was it right? <laughs> and yeah, it ended up being right, but I was just like, oh my god. So, I I am ashamed of myself for for not knowing one answer in particular. What was that? Uh, and that is the name of the, the, the name that Hans Gruber gives to John McClane. <sighs> in Die Hard when he's posing as one of the hostages. See, yeah. I, I could not remember it. I misinterpreted that question because once I heard the name, 
that mm-hmm. once I, I heard the the name Die Hard Gruber, I didn't really listen to the whole. I just went <laughs> Rogers. Like immediately wrote that down. And when we walked in, I was like confidently Roy Rogers, and they were like, "Oh man, that was John McClane's name." I was like, "Ah oh, shit, yeah." No, I was. Uh, is that a bonus? <laughs> <laughs> the bonus. <laughs> Why can't they ask? Uh, Yippee Kaye, blank, blank. <laughs> Yippee Kaye, father fucker. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so Damn it. <laughs> if they had, if they had asked who the screenwriters were of Die Hard, I could have told you. Yeah. Actually, wait, I only know one of them. I think. <laughs> I wouldn't. Be I listened able. to an interview with the screenwriter of Die Hard and how he, uh, he did. I think he did Die Hard, Die Hard Two, and Hudson Hawk. Okay. And he like was he was talking about how he witnessed Bruce Willis becoming a movie star before his eyes, and like how in right a like Hudson Hawk was supposed to be a completely different movie before he. Before Die Hard became a smash hit success, which one was Hudson Hawk? Like, I've seen that. That's the one where he's the like jewel thief who like uh, or, or like the art. He's a he plays a thief who gets wrapped up into an international like uh, I, don't, I don't even remember what the plot is. It's just it's like it's just goofy. It's like a, it's like a silly like heist thriller. What's the what's the Bruce Willis movie where he's like he's attempting to assassinate a political? No, oh, the Jackal. That Jackal. Yeah. Fucking movie. Oh yeah. God, I watched that. I remember. I was I was very young, um, and I saw a tr- uh, one of my friends' uh, grandfathers was watching it. And I just saw Jack Black's arm get blown off. And I was like, what is Yeah. And he was like, oh, you can't watch this. And, like, turned off the movie. And I was like, what? what That's a hell of a scene, uh, like, with Jack Black. And Jack Black, I I barely knew who Jack Black was at that point. Like, I I recognized him as the the guy from an episode of The X-Files. And. (laughs) That I watched. And the cable guy. Like, that was, like, what I. And the guy from, uh. The Martians movie, Mars, Mars Attack. Yeah, oh yeah, yep, Mars Attacks was out at that point, I remember. And like, even with that movie, I looked and I'm like, oh, that's the guy from X-Files. Like, I remember he played, he was in an episode of the X-Files where Giovanni Ribisi played, uh, was a, a, a kid who could uh, control lightning, and Jack Black was his friend. <laughs> Great show that was. Uh-huh. I need to rewatch that. I remember. I remember the. I used to have toys from the movie, like mm-hmm. who was like. I remember like the alien on the on the um, what's the 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 table where the oh autopsy mm. and it yeah was, the alien autopsy. It was like a clear alien thing. It was so cool. I remember having that toy. Mm-hmm. It was also the theme song used to scare the shit out of my brother Ryan. Yeah, Ryan used to fucking run crying from that when it was a great theme. Dad loved that show, so he would watch it a lot when he was around. I that I I, I did a beginning to end rewatch of it a few years ago, like in the lead up, lead up to like the new season. How many? Uh, how many episodes? How many seasons are in the the original? Nine, nine seasons. 
Is it on? Uh, and there's two new ones. Is it on Hulu? I th- last I checked, it was on Hulu. I don't know uh, if it has changed. Checking right now because I'm uh, to start watching it when I finish Better Call Saul. I haven't gotten around to that, but um, like oh, that yeah. that show was is even better than I remember it being. Like I, I th- that show is just a phenomenal. Well, who's the? What's the lady's name? What's the main girl's? Uh, oh, Scully. Yeah. What's the actress's name? Jillian Anderson. Yeah. Um, she was in the show, The Fall. Did you ever watch? That? Yeah, I hear. I keep hearing that's good. And, and yeah, it is on Hulu, by the way. Uh, X Files. That show is nuts, and she's phenomenal in it. I just started watching, or we, we just started watching. Jess and I. Um, the uh, sex education on Netflix. Have you seen that? It's so good. I'm Is on- it so good? <laughs> the second season, but it's so funny. You know, we're in the middle of second right now. Like it, it's so funny, and she's so good in it. So good. That mm-hmm. show, that show is fun. I um, mm-hmm. I was watch. I used to watch it. Well, not used, but I mean, like I would watch it, cooking lunch and eating lunch and everything, and um, it, it was hard to watch. At times, because Liz was teaching, so <laughs> I had to have my headphones in while cooking because I couldn't not <laughs> have headphones on with her. So just don't repeat any lines. Just <laughs> be like, <laughs> ejaculate. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a good show. I actually really like that. It's so funny. Mm. Shit, am I in the third season or the second season? I don't remember. There's, I don't, I don't think there's a third yet. Okay. It's a, but it's supposed to, supposedly it's coming. Yeah. Like there's a, you know, there's two. I'm in, I'm on the second one right now. Sex education. Uh, yeah, I'm on season two, episode four. So. I think that's about where I am actually. <laughs> um, so hold on, I want to bring real quick. I don't know why this just popped in my head, but I just uh-huh. want movie King of Staten Island. That hmm. movie. Is it good? It was. So good. I keep hearing like if he was like, "Oh yeah, Pete Davidson like, is a movie star now." <laughs> like, so I mean, it was phenomenal. I mean, he wrote it with Judd Apatow. I think he just kind of went up to Judd and went, "Hey, I want to write this movie," mm-hmm. loosely based on his life. Well, and- that's kind of how Judd Apatow works. Like, and he will like every one of his movies has like has like okay, here's this one sort of up and coming comedian yep. that I'm gonna let them to give the spotlight to and it kind of goes in like a chain because he had like steve carell and 40 year old virgin then to move to seth rogan and knocked up and then moved to like you know again seth rogan and funny people and like i went to um or not went i took a the you know the master class yeah yeah so i took one of those and judd apatow teaches like the comedy writing and film Mm mm-hmm it was such a cool class. It was such like it was a cool videos to watch. I don't I don't want to classify it as like a class. Like I was yeah. raising my hand going, Mr. Apatow, excuse me. Um It was really cool and there was one thing he was talking about, like the scene in Knocked Up where the doctor is yelling mm-hmm. at Seth Rogan. Ken Jong, yeah. And he's like crying and he's like, Why are you being so mean? Um that happened to Judd Apatow when he had his first kid. Yeah, well, like that movie is all about, like that—that that is how he met 
Leslie Mann and like because I actually was because uh, when Cable Guy came out like they met on the set of Cable Guy because he wrote that and she was in it and like she she did an interview like uh, I think on Letterman at the time where she where she was pregnant and she's like yeah I met this guy Judd he wrote the movie and oh, I got pregnant but we decided to make it work like <laughs> shit I didn't know that yeah but yeah so but it was cool like when he so when that whole thing happened he wrote it down he's like immediately after that I wrote yeah. it because one day this is going to be in a film. And that was, like, part of his lessons. He goes, if there is something in your life that stands out to you, like, that is a horrible situation that you're in, but will mm-hmm. be funny in the future, you're going to look at it and go, this sucks now, but other people will find this funny. He's like, write it down. And I was like, holy shit. And, like, it made me carry a notebook with me more than I did, like, when I first mm-hmm. started writing stand-up. I would always carry a notebook with me. I mean, I do notes in my phone, but it's completely different writing them down and typing it in my phone. Well, it doesn't embed it in your head quite yeah. the, the, in the way, like when you type it into your phone quite in the way that it does when you write it down. And that's like, like as an educator, they tell, they tell us that like, like, no, no, like I say, no, no, write it. Don't type it. Write it. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I prefer the handwriting. Um, I'm taking another one. <clears throat> I have like, three more months on this masterclass thing. My buddy mm-hmm. bought it and he was like, Hey, do you want the, do you want to look at this? I'm using the jazz stuff. You know, if you want to cool. video stuff, the, uh, hold on, give me a second. I got to find it. Um, David Lynch. Ooh. Yeah. I, no, I would, I would take his. So like, cool. I just took, I, so I watched the trailer for it a couple, like a week ago. And so it's 13 videos and it's three hours long like that. It's so cool. And one thing that he talked about was when you're writing a feature film, um, like Judd Apatow had a bunch of uh, cool notes, like writing films and everything. But I have such a hard time sitting down for long periods of time and writing everything out. But like in my head, I already have it done. Like, that's the problem that I have. Like, in my head, I'll look and go, or I'll think, I'll go, the film's already done. Like, mm-hmm. I'll play the whole film in my head and go, this is exactly how I want to write it. And um, I just can't get it out on paper. And then he talked about, uh, Lynch talked about um, taking squares. He's like, draw little squares. And if you can get 72 squares... That's a full film. That's like a full feature film, but in David Lynch's voice. What do you put in a square? Like what? So is your you would put like uh, scenes. Uh huh. So in seventy two squares, and that would be a feature film. If you can come up with seventy two scenes in order, right. have a feature film. And I went, holy shit! So I started doing that today, and it was so much easier. I'm like drawing little stick figures. Oh. In and then above it, writing quotes, and under it, writing what the scene is, and then going to the next one. So it's like little quotes that I want in this scene. Oh, this would be funny. Okay, this is the scene. And then building it from there. Wow. Yeah, listening to Judd talk about just write it, and then hearing Lynch go, you know, draw the squares. 
So now I'm trying to like, okay, I got to put both of these together because the square was so much easier than just writing it. It's like, that's interesting because people like have, I don't know, the perception of David Lynch as just being this like wacky kind of wild out there, like super, I don't know, know the word for it is even like, uh, offbeat filmmaker, but like really his stories are pretty uh, traditional. Like, like, you know, like it's or pretty, like if you look at Twin Peaks or like Lost Highway, like he's, he makes, you know, he makes films in like a different language from most people, but the stories are really, are, they're phenomenal. You know, coherent and, and you know they're they're like I'm not surprised that he puts such a like he has such a methodical like sort of traditional structure like that. Yeah, it's just it's cool to see like, and that's why I like the master classes. It's really cool mm-hmm. to see everybody else's like. I make structure. I make seventy two squares. <laughs> I draw a square. <laughs> I put the picture of the characters in the square. That's what he's. I draw another square. <laughs> just. Yeah, it's just, it's cool to see different uh, structures and different, like, things that, you know, comedian writers, drama like, drama writers, all of them do in film, and they're different habits, and, like, I mm-hmm. look to it, and I watch it, and I go, well, I do some of that, and that's, oh, I didn't think of doing it like this, where I've drawn, like, scenes before, like, I've just gone, like, I mean, not awesome like just terribly like stick figures mm-hmm. like the little moving lines the whoosh you know yeah <laughs> um but th- and, like never did i think draw tiny squares mm-hmm. not huge square they're just these little tiny squares draw 72 of them yeah make them scenes and i was like holy shit but what a way to like yeah what a way to just make sure you have a finished product yeah. And then, like, I would imagine the next step for him is, like, uh, tell like tell those squares in the way that you want to, like, in the way that you imagine, yeah. rather than from beginning to end. Like, because he, he doesn't tell a linear story. Yeah. It's like, you know, movie like Lost Highway is, like, told from the inside out, or Mulholland Drive. Yeah. <laughs> I want to start, I actually want to watch a couple of his stuff. Um, I was looking at his IMDb and I was like, I, I, w- I want to watch like one or two of his thing. I've seen uh, here and there. I've never really like watched the full series, but like, I want to be able to watch a movie of his and go, okay, now I see the squares, you know? Oh yeah. I, I mean, now I, I, now that you told me that I got to do it too. Like, uh, I'd say like, uh, like, you know, a movie like, Eraserhead or Blue Velvet is a good like start. I don't know, like Velvet, okay. Because Blue Velvet is like is very, is it's not his best movie. Like like as a matter of fact, there are a lot of I don't know. I have a lot of issues with it. Yeah, but it's kind of like it, it's a it's a linear story. But then like if you then I'd say go to something like Lost Highway, which is I think that's his that's his first real like dreamlike structure. Okay. Thriller, Lost Highway. Where like yeah, he based Lost Highway like like I don't know a key a key to Lost Highway is he based it on O.J. Simpson. Oh shit! Okay. Yep. 
Here's the thing. Uh, oh, Patricia Arquette. I like her. Bill Pullman. Oh, uh, Bill Pullman. Uh, Robert Blake. Like it's about a murder, and he and uh, he cast an actual murderer. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, or the guy who would go on to be a murderer. <laughs> Henry Rollins is in it. Henry Rollins is in it. Richard Pryor's in it. Uh, what's the name? Uh, Natasha Gregson Wagner. Balthazar Getty. Jesus! Like as you're saying these, I'm scrolling on the IMDb. Mm-hmm. You're like list. Oh, Gary Busey's in it. Oh, Gary Busey. Oh, that's right. Gary Busey is in it. All right. Uh, best one of the best soundtrack albums of the '90s. Like it's up there with Batman Forever. I'm going to uh, Nine Inch Nails and Marilyn Manson. I'm going to Amazon right now. I'm going to rent it. Yeah, uh, really worth it. Um, and then like, uh, more advanced would be like something like Inland Empire, which is a great movie. But like, if you if if that were be, if that were to be the first David Lynch movie you watched, it would be like like you'd be lost. Yeah, I'm like same with Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive is great, um, and it, um, like, you can tell that it's based like it was supposed to originally be an episodic TV show. Yeah, uh, but then when it fell through, like when the pilot fell through, he just took the first two episodes and added like and edited and and like and and added some more footage to make it into a film. But it works. <laughs> I'm ex- yeah, I'm excited to see like more because I like when it sh- showed the trailer for his masterclass. I was watching, going, okay, I've definitely like seen e- either parts of these parts of his movie are full, but not. I don't think I've seen like anything full from him. So I'm excited to see like. I'm gonna, but I just rented the Highway one, so I'm gonna watch that one tomorrow. I have a day off. I think you'll like it. It's really good. <laughs> I'm just I'm curious to see like you know those seventy two squares. Like that's like my biggest thing right now. I think I want to rewatch it just to look for the squares. It's so... Look for the squares. The squares come through. You can see this square. Where's the... Let's see. His... <laughs> I have the trailer right here for him. Uh-huh. I'll play a clip of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we'll be able to pick it up as well, but... <laughs> we, could, we could put a link to it in the, in the show notes. I want to um, go to the 72 squares. I'm fast forwarding. And the, like, Twin Peaks is also a pretty, like, a pretty fascinating thing. Like, the 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 return season that ju- that aired a few years ago on Showtime is, like, his best work. Really? Um, it, well, it's like, in the first season is like this, he sets up sort of a, regular old murder mystery story and then just adds this weird like existential and somewhat like dreamlike element to it. Yeah. Um, so it's weird to watch. And the second season like you can tell that the network interfered a lot so it's not that good. Like there there, there, there are stumbles in it. But then they brought it back on Showtime in 2017 and it's just like it's an 18 hour long movie that is just fantastic. Okay. Um, and there's also it's it there's like it's also like a musical in some ways. Like they keep he keeps cutting to uh he, he keeps cutting to the local bar uh where there's like a concert. Yeah. There every episode and ev- and every episode is a different 
like band or musician and they're actually there it's just like a guest musician <laughs> who's on the show <laughs> but like they just so happen to be playing a show in Twin Peaks <laughs> where is Twin Peaks is that a real uh, it's supposed to be in it's I think it's fictional but it's supposed to be in Washington State okay so here's the I have the clip right here ideas are everything this is We're in. nothing without an idea <laughs> So I go where the... Nicholas Cage, Wild at Heart. <laughs> when we get an idea that we love, you see it and feel it and know it all at once. It wouldn't let me fast forward. For an idea, uh-huh. The putting a little piece 72 of things coming up next. And lowering uh-huh. the water. He looks like he's in a film of his own. Like, that setting there, it looks like... Or what will trigger them? Lo and behold, on a lucky day, bingo, you'll catch an idea. And party time. (laughs) Want to make a feature-length film, all you need to do is get 70 ideas. And you write these scenes on 3x5 cards, and when you have 70 of them, you've got a feature film. Yeah. I was baffled. Uh I'll send, do you want to keep watching it? Or do you yeah, that's good. I'll watch it later. But like that, <laughs> oh, <to> do? Uh, <laughs> it looks like that. That like him at that desk with that lamp over him looks like looks like an interrogation scene from a David Lynch film. Like it's a <laughs> well, no, but that's how they set it up. Like yeah. Judd Apatow's. Um, oh shit, Judd Apatow's was set up like it was a um, like it was in an apartment in one of his movies. <laughs> Is it also, is it a half hour too long like most of his movies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, it's just him talking for the rest of the half hour, which is like nonsense. But, um, not, to, not that I have the cred to criticize <laughs> someone who's made it big, but like this, there's at least, like, like his third acts are at least like, you could cut 20 minutes out of those. It's like, it's like train wreck. It's like just get back together, guys. Like <laughs> train wreck. I didn't like that movie. I think that I was thought, like I just thought it was a half hour too long. Like it was two. It was like just over two hours. Like this could be a ninety minute movie. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it when I first saw it. I really liked it. Um, but like, I went to rewatch a couple of Judd Apatow movies after I saw the Masterclass, and I was like, I watched Trainwreck, and I was like, eh, it's not his best work. Um, also, like, I feel like you or I could have been as, as funny as LeBron James is in that movie. Like, I feel like he got a lot of, like, he, like, he was, he was pretty funny, but like, you know, if you were as famous as LeBron James, like, you could be that funny. Like, <laughs> I mean, anyone would laugh at those jokes if you're as famous. That's what I've found. So now, no, and, and now, and Jared is going to be very happy about this when he listens. Uh, John Cena was legitimately really funny. In that. <laughs> Good. I will fuck you in the parking lot. <laughs> but you find these people funny who are famous because they're famous already and you want to laugh at them. And there was a guy from France and I, I'll find the podcast and I'll send it to you. But they, it was a story of a French comedian. He made it in France. Like he was this mm-hmm. comedian in France. And he said, you know what? I'm going to try and go to America and do my stand up there, but he's not putting his cred out there. He just wants to start fresh. And mm-hmm. it was one of the hardest things Ooh, wow. done. 
And he's like, you're starting from the bottom again. He goes, I would go into a club in America, like in a, t- or in Canada, the, like I've never performed here, but people, oh, this, this guy has so many specials. He's been doing comedy in France for this long. And people would laugh hysterically at his material. They would, it would be, it would, you know, mm. pulling on the floor. And then he'd come to America and do his material in America, but in like, speaking English and, without giving the cred and people would just kind of be like, yeah, that's okay. But then when the credit was given, people were laughing hysterically. So it's oh, huh. psychologically a really cool thing to see where you're like, if, I, if I tell somebody like, oh yeah, I do comedy for a living and I'm doing a comedy show right now, I feel like people would laugh harder than they would if I went to an open mic. That's weird because I would think it would work in the opposite way too because like building people's expectations up, like... I feel, but I feel like if somebody, if, if I went to a comedy show and they were like, oh, this opener that's coming up, um, you may have seen him on Comedy Central Presents, you may have seen him on VA, you may have seen him on just listing all these things and be like, this guy's fucking good. And then his mm-hmm. joke, you're going to be like, ah, he is good. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think that, like, well, this guy better be fucking good. Like, I look at it like, this guy's good. He's made it this far. So. Oh, you, you run the risk of it being like of the audience being like, "Oh, this guy's supposed to be famous." Like, <laughs> so, but I thought it was a really yeah. So I, I thought it was a really cool like hmm. psychological thing. I'll find the pile. I'll send it to that you. That is interesting. Like the yeah the the like how expectations toy with you in that way. So, so yeah, David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take David Lynch's masterclass. <laughs> I I yeah I'm gonna. I'll take it tomorrow after I watch his film. Do you ever see the David David Lynch iPhone commercial? No. Well, it's like it's not really a commercial. It's just a it's it's a video of him that somebody took and set to the music from the iPhone ad, <laughs> and it's and it's just him ranting about how it's impossible to watch a movie on your phone and actually take it in in the way it's supposed to be. It's so funny. Like I'll put it, I'll put it in the show notes. That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. He's like, when you watch a movie on a screen the size of your phone, you will never experience that film. <laughs> Dude, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Martin Scorsese with his, mm-hmm. the movie that was on Netflix with uh, um, The Irishman. Yeah. He, he ranted about saying, do not watch my movie on your phone. I don't think I don't think I, I, I yeah I don't I don't think movies should be watched on your phone like I think it's so like it's so difficult to really take them in in the way that you're supposed to like yeah, but I also have to say I watched the first hour on my phone <laughs> of, the, of the Irishman yeah it, was it any different for you like it wasn't I was in bed <laughs> also like I don't want to get up I'm just gonna watch the first hour and then I watched I was like this is really fucking good I'm going to the living room I'm gonna make breakfast and I'm gonna finish watching it in the living room I think it took me like three sittings to watch the whole thing I loved the movie I thought it was great yeah it's a, uh, I think three I think I, I think I did three episodes <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy uh, 50 year old looking Robert de Niro as a 19 year old <laughs> so like yeah so he's he's actually pushing 80. They made him look fifty to play nineteen. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so fun. Um, this is like I'd like to thank you for showing me this stuff about the car. I never knew this much about cars before. I'm I'm nineteen. 
Joe Pesci's like, yeah, motherfucker, I got you. <laughs> and Al Pacino's like, we control the trucks. That was a little Nixon, actually. That was kind of... <laughs> 27 years old and we control a fucking truck. <laughs> I am not a crook. Like, why? how has Pacino never played Nixon? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> when the president does it, it's not illegal. <laughs> why did the Donald Trump to do Nixon? <laughs> Vietnam. Um, so, like, I did, uh, well, while we're on, like, Scorsese and De Niro. I did watch uh, Joker recently, dude. Did you? Um, I didn't like it at all. That's right. I forgot. I, you posted about it. And you said you didn't like it. I loved it. I thought. Well, I I, I saw what was go- what was supposed to be good in it, and I it. Mm, I, I I feel like it was so much like so much talent and energy on the screen, and it wasn't working for me. <laughs> What well, like what do you mean? I I want to know specifically why. Well, I thought like for one thing, I was I felt like I was ahead of it at every step mm-hmm. because like this, this every scene where he was with Zazzy Beats, I was like, oh, he's imagining that like, and that was like a big reveal in the end, and I'm like, oh, Spo- sorry, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen Joker, Zazzy Beats is imaginary. Um, <laughs> Hold on, I hear what you're saying about that. When I watched the movie, I did think that that was fake, but then I went, mm-hmm. um, but there was a part of me that was like, that's not real, or this can't be real. Mm-hmm. And then the other part was like, um, I hope it is. You know what I'm So it's like, yeah, giving you that mixed emotion of, this. I don't think this is real, but I really hope it is. And then at the end, when it's not, you're like, ah, fuck. It's not real. Like that was to me. Like I, I had that emotion during that where I was like, "Damn it!" Mm. I wanted it to be real. I, I like, and I wanted her. Like, I feel like if she were in it more, yeah. like, I, I would have been more invested in that. Like, and I, like, again, I think she's great. I loved her in Deadpool. Like, great in Deadpool too. Um, uh, she's awesome, and I was kind of, I, I was sad that there wasn't more of her in this movie. Okay. Um. And, like, the, I don't know, it's, I feel like it wasn't, it, there's, there's a, it had a salient point to make about, um, and, and I wish it had explored it more about, like, how the, what the city of New York, like, the people of New York mistake for, like, a movement yeah, is actually run by this egomaniac. It was actually begin by someone who just like who just wanted people to laugh at him. Yeah, like and I, I don't feel like Todd Phillips was good at telling me that was was good at getting that across. Like I think that it, it like I, I, I didn't dig any of the Robert De Niro stuff, and I got what he was trying to do there because the king of comedy Robert De Niro was the was the Joker essentially it reminded me of the king yeah alright it's ba- well like, the, the plot basically follows the same like the exact same arc as the king of comedy except except for the very end yeah but like I feel like, like I wonder like if it had ended 
because well, like the King of Comedy ends with him being kind of like not successful, but like notorious. Yeah. For you know, kidnapping it, kidnapping the late night talk show host. Yeah. And like, if you know, like, I feel like I don't know. I, it it kind of like there were these like there were these hints that they could like it could have been good. Yeah. Um, I liked. I th- I laughed at the scene where the gun falls out of his pocket in the children's hospital. Like, I thought like I thought that was the shining moment of the movie, <laughs> where he struggles to like put it away. <laughs> like, he looks the kids and goes, "Shh." <laughs> um. I'm sorry, the nurse in the background. Yeah. A reaction. Mm-hmm. She's just like, oh, it's part of the show. So I'm like, who called? Who snitched? Um, I think they, that, that was just like a New York face of like, I noticed that, but doesn't, I'm just going to save it for later. Like, <laughs> New York of like, another gun. Here we go. I'm calling somebody, but I'm going to let him continue his act. <laughs> I think like Joaquin Phoenix, like I, I need like he needs someone to direct him. Like he, you can tell when he's just sort of hurling himself at a role, and when he's like committing with direction. Like, did you actually? Hmm? Go ahead. No, like I was just gonna say, I just actually just happened to I went to Big Lots today to buy laundry detergent, and they had the movie Two Lovers. Uh, uh, in the DVD bin for like three bucks, and I bought it, and that's that's like his best work ever. If you've never seen that, I think um, I think the one I'm still not here. <laughs> oh, oh, the I'm still here. The um, on one, the what the one that he did with Casey Affleck. The I thought that was a fascinating movie to watch. It was maybe not a not the most advisable project to do because actually he did that when he he was making that movie when he was supposed to be promoting Two Lovers and when he went on Letterman to do that stunt he was supposed to be promoting a movie of his that was actually good and should have like like actually could have used the promotion so but instead he went on and did that did you ever ever see Inherit Vice? yeah is that good? I never saw it but I want it's okay it's very like it's like a it's like an intellectual's Big Lebowski. So watching the trailer for that reminds me of the movie Good Guys with uh, Ryan Gosling. And nice Guys. Nice Guys, thank you. Yeah. That was a great, I love that. That's funny. Like, well, Inherent Vice is, it, like, it's a little more in its own head. Like, it's kind of tough to enjoy. Okay. Because it's so, like, offbeat and, yeah, I don't know, like, it's it's really real PT Andersony. Like, uh, it, there are enjoyable things about it. Like, he's good. All the performers are good. Joanna Newsom should not act. She's she should stick to music. Um, I don't know who that is. Oh hmm? uh, well, she's she plays like she plays a like a small role in the movie. Uh, she's like a, an indie musician. She plays harp. She's married to Andy Samberg. Okay. Um, but she's not. She's not really an actor. <laughs> <laughs> I love her music, uh, but it's. I mean, it's it's worth checking out. Okay. Yeah, I have it. I think I I have it. Like I or 
I ended up buying it at, from Target for like five ninety nine or some shit. And I was like, I wanted to see this. I might as well buy it. I've been on, yeah. I, I, I've been. I, I troll the like discount bins all the time. Dude, as, as it, when, I, when I, I picked up uh, Pain and Gain for uh, for what like four bucks at Walmart. <laughs> I'm glad we're not talking about that movie tonight because I can't find my notes and I think I have to rewatch it. Um, yeah, I might have to as well. <laughs> but I'm not coming soon. Coming soon. The bits per second discussion of pain and games. <laughs> the next time we can get the three of us in the same room. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I do enjoy like Joaquin Phoenix. I did. I think the, the when he's well directed, he's very good. Another like which I thought you were talking about. When he said I'm still here, but I'm still here is his is a, is a movie that he made. There's a movie called You Were Never Really There. That's the rap one, right? No. I'm Still Here is the rap one. Oh, shit. Then I'm thinking of the other one on Amazon that he did. You Were Never Really There, where he's the hitman. Yeah. That's, that's an incredible movie. So good. That's why you were saying, like, yeah, no, it's, it is what it is. And when you were talking, he was trying to promote that movie. I was like, that doesn't sound... No, I'm Still Here is the one where he's, the, the one that he made about himself, about his rap career with Casey Affleck, when, like, where apparently Casey Affleck like, was sexually harassing women left and right of while he was yeah. making that, <laughs> which, is, which, which is one of the things that makes it problematic. Uh, it's a, like, you it's a hilarious here. movie. <laughs> but, uh, but You Were Never Here. That was the one that I was like... Yeah, that one I was. It was awesome. But see, that's uh, yeah, that's one of his best ever. Yeah. Uh, and that like that's when he's like he's one of those actors when you have a director who can like wrest control of him, like he's so good. Yeah. But like you can tell when he's he's got a director who's just like, all right, do your thing. And it's like and that's that that's what I felt Joker was. I was like. Oh, no, he's just unhinged in this. It's not really. Did you see the video that came out with him with the Joker, where he was like yelling at somebody on set, but then it ended up being. I didn't see the video, but I heard about that. And then it ended up being like a joke, where he was like, "No, nah, that was just like we were just messing around." Mm. Well, like, like, is it, like the, but like the, the the Jared Leto got directed to do a similar thing on Suicide Squad, which is another reason that movie sucks. So, Suicide Squad, my problem, like, poof. Um, I, this is how I put it. I think that Jared Leto did a good job with what they gave him. Yeah, my, my feelings exactly. <laughs> and that's like giving the best architect in the world, excuse me, the best construction worker in the world, the guy who builds the houses. Yeah. And you're like, dude, this is the house I want you to build, and it's going to be the best house in the world. But I can only afford popsicle sticks and gorilla glue. So he's yeah. the beautiful house that you've ever seen out of popsicle sticks and gorilla glue. That shit's gonna fall apart on the first rainy day and right. walk into it. So, like you, like that sort of like I like Jared Leto's a really good actor, and I I had such high hopes that he wasn't the Joker, that he was the the um what's his name Todd, um the the Robin who. Mm. that got killed by the Joker but then actually didn't and the Joker brainwashed him and he became uh, right yeah like I that's that's what I was hoping I was like please please because the Joker is not a character that has tattoos and gold teeth and like he's not a gangster he's just well, yeah yeah well, there are different iterations there are different iterations you have like the like the the Joker who's like more like a mob 
like a gangster, like a like a like a like a mob guy, and you have the Joker who's like the chaos agent, like Heath Ledger, uh, you know. The, so like, and I'm okay with the different versions of it. Yeah. Like I think it could have been good. Like I don't know. I, there's supposedly you know a director's cut somewhere that you know maybe maybe with the rise in the like Snyder cut mania might come out at some point. But that the director, like I don't know, I don't, I don't, I, it's, I, I, it's probably not that good anyway. But like the director says, like when once they re-edited it to make it more like Guardians of the Galaxy, essentially, like yeah. it, it lost a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to watch the Snyder cut of Justice League, but I'm not a fan of Snyder anyway. Like me neither. I. Uh, I wanted to like Man of Steel and I wanted to like Batman vs. Superman, but that I also mm. walked out of. But then, hold on. You walked out, you walked out of Batman vs. Superman? Almost did. But yeah. to defend the Batman vs. Superman extended version, like... I don't think I've seen that. Mm. Alright, so the original, right? Let's talk about the theatrical version. Yeah. Theatrical version, it's all the shitty things and, that everyone talks about, and the random, I have to save Martha. And he's like, Why would you say that name? That's my mommy's name. <laughs> See, I gotta take issue with that dialogue, that line. <laughs> it kind of infantilizes to hear, why, why would you say mommy's name? I don't know if he said mommy. I don't think he didn't say mommy. He said, Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta save mommy. <laughs> but my that's it. In the director's cut, he said "mommy" instead of Martha. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> we have to say "mommy." That's my mommy. Is your mommy mommy too? Um, <laughs> but so the whole thing with that was at one point Henry Cavill or no Superman Clark Kent. His character mm-hmm. was in. Um, was doing research on Bruce Wayne and he already knew Bruce Wayne was Batman. Like this was <laughs> already a thing in the movie. And yeah. when he was doing research, he read about his parents and his mom's name was Martha and Superman's name was Martha. And that was like a highlighted thing in the film, in the director cut. Like it zoomed in on father Bruce or father. Um, uh, shit. Thomas. Thomas. Thank you. Mother. Thomas Martha. Wayne. Yeah. Thomas and Martha Wayne, and so it zoomed in on that, and when you zoom in on something, it's obviously important, and... Did it, did it like, back up and then zoom in, and then back up and then zoom in, and then back up and zoom in again? Like... <laughs> um, so then that scene to me was like, that's why he said Martha. Because he knew his mom was the same name, and okay. hands all fucked up because his parents got killed in front of him in an alley. So Superman knew that that was a thing in that in this universe in that little scene. So then I started going, okay, I'm past that scene now. And then right. the other part of me that bothered me, the other part of the movie that bothered me was how casually Batman was just fucking killing people in that movie. And I was like, Batman doesn't kill people and that he makes it very clear that he does not kill people. But Mm. there was a phase where he straight up murdered people because, and it was after um, Jason Todd got killed, the Robin. Mm. And 
he did go through a very dark phase and uh um alfred the butler was like you know you need to like chill but in the movie <laughs> the jeremy irons uh they needed alfred. all they needed in the movie was you haven't been the same since jason that's why he's yeah. people but they never said that but then in the extended version uh it had that clip of him staring at the jason todd um batman suit that had ha 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 on it and mm. then he's just like um you need to forgive yourself for this but he had this conversation with mm. uh ben affleck's bruce wayne and i went well that's fixed great but everything else that was shitty about hasn't been fixed but those two biggest things that really stood out to me i was like they're fixed in the extended version. Why couldn't he throw those extra 15 minutes in the fucking theaters and I wouldn't have walked out? And I like, I, I did, the, the, the big thing that I did and I did appreciate about um, Batman versus Superman is that it addressed the one major criticism about Man of Steel, which is the wanton destruction of Metropolis in the, in the beginning. And it had like that, it, the, for it to use that, as the main impetus for Bruce Wayne to be doing what he does it throughout yep. the sequel. That's good. Like, I like that. That was awesome. Um, the, for it to take the biggest flaw about the previous one and use it and turn it into a feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, there's, there's so there, there's enough good thing. Like the, the, the DC, the current DC universe, like it's uh, like, like it, it, it it's trying so hard. Like Jeff Johns is trying so hard <laughs> to to be Kevin Feige, and it's just not oh, my coming together. <laughs> with DC and Marvel, is this DC is doing a great job in their animated movies, right? Mm. Their animated movies are phenomenal. I love mm. Batman versus Ninja Turtles, which is a greatest <laughs> great comic series. Supposedly, they're doing great on TV too. Yeah, so good. And Marvel kind of struggles with TV. Like Marvel struggles with TV and their animated movies. Mm. They do phenomenal. Aside from Spider Verse. Oh yes, uh, well, no, no, no. that's a Sony thing. Like uh, anyway, like that's it's phenomenal. It's so good, and I'm just like, cool. Now, if they could each just kind of like figure it out, like I, I, I love reading my DC comics. I love reading my Marvel comics. I want to be able to love watching my DC movies and love watching my Marvel movies. So far, I hate watching my DC movies. <laughs> well, the difference is, like, and I heard this, I forget who was talking about it, like, like when Kevin Feige took over Marvel Studios, like, they had nothing but the chaff. Like, like they, they didn't have, like, Captain America was the only character that they owned the rights to that was worth anything. Yeah. The rest was the, you know, Whatever Fox owned X Men, Sony owned Spider Man. It would all been kind of sold off. Like forget whoever owned the Hulk. Yeah. Um. Uh. So it's like Col- okay, let's make hay out of this. Like he had so like he had to actually work to make like a good movie out of Iron Man. Yeah. Make a good movie out of Thor. Like who cared about Thor? <laughs> That's what I love about Kevin Feige is he uh-huh. he knows everything about all of this stuff. Yeah. This goes to. And I'm going to bring it com- uh, completely different. The guy who directed two of the episodes of Mandalorian, when he gets so the, they mm-hmm. the directors for Mandalorian were phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. uh, 
who directed? I just got Disney Plus. I haven't watched it yet. But. So good. So the the director of the first episode is obviously uh, the director of Iron Man. Um, what's his name? Fuck. Uh, John Favreau. Thank you, John Favreau. And then um, uh, shit. I'm doing terrible with names right now. The redhead guy directed like the Grinch. Um, the narrator. Ron Howard. Howard, his daughter. Run out. Oh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Dallas, she directed. So it. now I remember. Th- I remember thinking like, oh, so uh, now now she's now she's the most successful Howard in making a Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> um, project. Yeah. So. Uh, but one of the directors, I can't remember his name. Oh, Taika directed an episode. Directors, uh, Taika Waititi directed. I, I forgot. Oh, Dave uh, Filoni. Yeah. So he did. Um, he did the the Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars TV show. I hear that's great. I haven't watched it yet, but, but. So, but what happens is he knows everything about Star Wars. He's like the biggest Star Wars nerd, and mm-hmm. he would walk on set and go. Um, this needs to be this way because this character um, is from this planet and this planet believes in this. So, like, he was, during Mandalorian, he was, like, the Kevin Faggy. And you're just like... And, dude, watch Mandalorian and then watch the series that's connected to Mandalorian that talks... It's all the directors talking about the show. Mm -hmm. Interesting. It's so good. DC and Marvel need this. Marvel has it with Kevin Feige, but he's not going to be doing it forever. But DC needs this guy. Like, but, like DC needs to not be following in Marvel's footsteps so much. Like, because what they, for one, like they have yet to like carve out a like a niche of their own. Yeah, because Man of Steel was basically like a Dark Knight Ising of Superman. Like, it was, like which I will. And Superman is out of all of the sh- out of all of the storylines. Superman, or out of all the characters, Superman does have the darkest background. Superman is one of the darkest characters in the DC timeline. People are like, "Well, he's red, white, and blue. He's the brightest superhero." Dude lost his planet. Dude lost mm-hmm. on his planet. Comes to a planet where he's not even related to anybody who he can relate. But with. like, he had to had to reckon with being an entirely different being from who he thought he was because he was you know he was a baby when he fell to Earth. Like you know that that's sort of, like it's it's a it's a really complicated storyline. Batman has the darkest. I'm like, he lost his parents. Like, Superman lost a whole fucking... Yeah, Batman's a billionaire! <laughs> like... Superman grew up on a farm. He lost his whole... Go and cry in your cave. <laughs> Mommy! In your cave that you have underneath your mansion. Nah, I like Batman a lot. Like, uh, but, but, like, Batman is, like, you, it's, you can't really, like, it's hard to make Batman too serious. That's the thing. And that's my problem with the Nolan movies, other than the fact that there are no chairs on them, is that they're, like... It, 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 you could only make Batman so serious. In the end, it's a, it's still a billionaire who dresses up like a bat and goes to beat people up. Like, <laughs> you watch the funnier Die Batman videos? I don't know if I have. Oh my god, I'll send I don't think so. It's, um... Shit, the comedian from Crashing, the HBO show. Uh, Pete Holmes? Pete Holmes, and he plays Batman. It's the <laughs> thing you love. Pete Holmes, Pete Holmes is Batman. I'm going to send you all of them tonight. It's yes, I mean. 
them all. There's like five or six of them, and they're like less than five minutes each. They're so fucking good. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was I gonna say? Like, but it's like this. What Man of Steel is kind of the only. Well, Wonder Woman is okay, but like Man of Steel is really the only modern DC movie that I can get behind. Yeah, Wonder like, Woman because. I loved Wonder Woman. I thought they did Wonder Woman really well. And I, I think she's great. Yeah. I think the movie was yeah. like I thought I thought the whole like the, like the, like the ending was just like autopilot like why why are we watching this like I can't wait for, I can't wait for Wonder Woman 1984. That's going to be great. I got that. I'm really excited for it. That's so good. Um like they did it like But that's another thing like I think they they had the right director. They cast the exact right person to play Wonder Woman, and then like, and it, then the setup was great. But then like the ending was just oh she's just fighting another like deity, like okay, <laughs> and then Justice League kind of felt the same way. Like who like who cares about this villain? Yeah, dude. Everyone wanted Dark Side, like. But the, the problem with Justice League was um, they had four or five years, th- not even, let's call it three years, mm-hmm. that they built up to Justice League, where Marvel started in 2009, mm-hmm. and then 2013 was when a- the first Avengers came out. 12, yeah. Oh, God, 2000, yeah, 2012. Was, yeah. So the first Avengers came out in 2012, and mm-hmm. then they introduced Thanos, mm-hmm. who is the one of the biggest Marvel villains in all of Marvel. And, yeah, and then slowly building it up to Infinity War, where you're yeah. like, dude, they had like straight up 15 years, and then when you finally got introduced, when like Thanos finally got introduced, took over like 80 percent of the movie. In uh, Avengers: Infinity Wars, and you're watching. Yeah. It. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. It was phenomenal. Like you're just. Yeah, they did that exactly right. Like, but DC should have done that as well. Like we should not have had any any scent of Dark Side until next year. You yeah. Know, needed to bring in the Justice League and make those Justice League movies. I would love to see uh, a Green Arrow movie. I mm-hmm. would. Love to see a good uh, Aquaman movie. I would love to have seen like it just. Yeah, I would. I would like to see a good Aquaman movie. <laughs> so that, that movie was like the the most terrible thing. <laughs> like, I wanted to like it, and I watched it the second time, and I wanted to like it again. And then when I went to watch it a third time, I was like, I don't like this. Um, I, I could. I I can't imagine watching that a second time. It's two and a half hours long. Um, yeah, Aquaman was. Right. Oh man. Well like the one part of it that I could that I actually enjoyed like was the rooftop like chase scene in like the Italian villa. And, like this movie called Aquaman. I liked the like, the best scene shouldn't be on land. <laughs> liked how they how they did the bad guy. What's his name? Um, oh, he's great. Like the, what's his name? Yaya ya Abdul Mateen. But the yeah, the villain's name is uh mm, I forgot, the, I forgot the villain's name, but, like... Fish. What's the fish? Yeah, well, it'll come to me. Well, like, that guy, like, I, I wanted to see, kind of similarly to how I wanted to see more of Zazie Beats in Joker, I want to see more of more Yaya in Aquaman. 
Yeah. Because, like, you I'm, you saw Watchmen, right? So good. Like, he, he yeah, that, that, that was just, like, the... Um, the, the, well, like, that, that was, that, that's the best example of TV, like, of, 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 of TV cinema, essentially, like, that there's been. I thought you movie. Oh, not Zack Snyder's Watchmen. That was awful. I hated that. <laughs> what I was going to say, Zack Snyder does an okay job when he has a full graphic novel to follow, so he doesn't <laughs> do a lot of creativity. Like, I feel like when I saw Batman, or when I saw Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. Steel, I feel like he mm-hmm. went into a comic book shop and just pointed at one of the comics and went, I'm going to make a movie about that, and then left without reading it. Well, yeah, like, he he's really good at, like, I, he's, he's the director I want to see make a silent film. Like, if silent film ever comes back and gets in vogue again, which I thought it was going to when The Artist came out, yeah. but it never really caught on, like... I want, like, Zack Snyder is the first person, first director I want to see make a silent film, because he's really good with montage and images. I've never seen The Artist. Yeah, yeah it's worth checking out. Like, it's, uh, You're it's like, like a... Great, I've never seen it, like, yeah, I'm okay, it's, uh... No, 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 like, I mean, no, I just said, like, I thought silent movies were gonna come in, come back in vogue after that, like, because of One Best Picture. It's, it's an interesting, like, piece of work and that it like works in a genre that you know isn't really used anymore isn't really done anymore yeah there's not much to it beyond that <laughs> plays um the main character in the artist uh jean dujardin yeah. like remember he like uh, he played the uh the swiss uh finance guy in uh, wolf of wall street did you ever, yeah did you ever see the Chanel <laughs> version oh yeah and he was like all the villains he was trying out for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I liked him. I remember seeing him in Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. That came out in 2013. Holy shit. Yep. Yeah, it was seven years ago, almost. Oh, my God. But that was a phenomenal movie. Like, uh, like that's like a... Like, I, the, like, you forget how good Scorsese is at comedy. Like... <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Um. Yeah. The 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 Aquaman was terrible. Uh, no, the Watchmen, the TV show. Did you watch? Did you watch that? I watched the first episode and I watched <laughs> watching it. But what happened was I started watching Curb Your Enthusiasm again, and oh well, obviously, <laughs> all of that. <laughs> Have you seen the new season? I saw some. I saw. I, what did I say? The first couple of episodes. So I saw the I saw the one where he wears the MAGA hat, where he starts wearing the MAGA hat, so people will leave him alone. <laughs> Genius! That's <laughs> for the awkward moment when the lady walks in and he's like, "You could." He's like, when he's like pretending, he's like, "Grab him by the pussy!" Oh no, no, I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't. No, amen. <laughs> no, like that, the Watchmen series, which I guess is just a mini-series because I don't think they're bringing it back, is, like, it's, like, I don't know, like... People are asking for a second season of Watchmen and Chernobyl and people in Russia are, like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> like, they could do a second season of Watchmen, yeah. but, like, for a second season of Chernobyl, like, there's gonna have to be something that... <laughs> 
Uh, what happens? <laughs> yeah, right. But like, there's a reason. There's a reason that all the that 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 everybody, uh, everybody in the cast of Chernobyl is British and not Russian. Like, the Russians aren't telling that story. Sidonia, <laughs> isn't it? It's like no, never happened. <laughs> this never happened. That's like one of the like if if it weren't so like if it if it weren't so tragic that would be one of the funniest shows like Chernobyl like where the like that 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 episode where they where the Americans send the robot in to <laughs> to like uh to 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 whatever take like to to explore the the you know the center of the explosion and it just melts. It's like you sent them the propaganda numbers. Like, you sent them the propaganda temperatures instead of the real ones. It melted the first minute we dropped it. It's like uh, what was the death of Stalin? That's such a funny movie. Yeah, like it's the same sort of gallows humor. Yeah, Liz hated that movie. I she did. Fell as- so I wanted to watch it and then immediately fell asleep and woke up to her going, why would you fall asleep and make me watch this fucking movie? <laughs> oh, did you end up watching it, like, after? Or? I haven't watched it again, because... Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I'm not gonna... I mean, I don't know how to argue with a history teacher on it, but it's so good. <laughs> like... <laughs> Who directed that? That was um, uh, Iannucci, who did uh, Veep and uh, In the Loop. Like Armando Iannucci. Like I do want to watch it, but I don't know how to say. I, I can't watch it with Liz around because she's watching again. <laughs> it, it's, it's on Netflix, right? You just I think it's on. It's either on Netflix. Just watch it on your phone, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Is it time to quit our bits? And I think it's about time. I was just thinking. I think it's time to quit our bits. And all right, Carl, what are you bitsing about this evening? Um, I got nothing bad to bits about right now, but I, I am ex- I'm happy. I'll cover that. Don't worry. <laughs> because I uh, I started working a little more at mm. at the restaurant, which is mm. but better. I have started hanging out more regularly with Eli again. So oh, good. I've been in a pretty good mood and I, I, I want to tell a quick story um, as part of my bits in with Eli. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who don't know Eli, who are first time listeners, um, Eli is a boy who I grew up with, who I work with. He has down syndrome and um, we have a really good relationship, uh, mm-hmm. but a so, friend of the bit players, very, very close friend of the group. Absolutely. Comes to many shows. Um, so last week, Eli calls me at nine fifteen in the morning and, uh, I never get a call from him before 11 if he wants to text or call me and he calls me up and goes, Hey buddy. And I was like, Hey man, how's it going? And he's just like, good. Uh, my bike broke. And I went, Oh, is everything okay? Like, where are you? And he goes, I'm at the park. So he's at a park that's... Hmm. Uh, about a couple blocks from his house. So I'm like, well, what's wrong? He goes, the wheel won't move. And I'm like, do you have a flat tire? He goes, yeah, yeah, a flat tire. I went, all right, cool. He's like, all right, um, I'll be there in like 20 minutes. So 
I hop in my car and I'm getting ready to go to the bike store down the street to get a new tire and then I'll just fix this uh, tube and everything right then and there at the park. So I call Eli and FaceTime him and go, hey, can I see, uh, can you just show me your bike real quick? I was going to screenshot it so I could show it to the guys at the shop and they would hopefully be able to give me a tube size. And he goes, oh, no, no, it's at home. And he's sitting at the park. And I'm like, what do you mean it's at home? And he goes, oh, I don't have my bike. And I went. <laughs> so I continue down to the park. And, and I'm just like, all right. Well, now I'm co like confused at why this is going on. So I show up. And his bike's not with him. He's sitting down at a park bench. Or at the park, like the picnic table. And I'm like, hey. And he goes, hey. I went, did you call me because you walked to the park? And you didn't feel like walking home? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this fucker calls me because he doesn't want to fucking walk home. <laughs> it was the greatest. It was honestly, it was awesome. It was, it was the best way I could have spent my morning because then I text his mom and I was like, Hey, I'm with Eli and I'm kidnapping him for the day. And I <laughs> like, taking him to run errands with me and he was like oh this is cool and then there ended up being actually something wrong with his bike he ran over like one of those mesh bags and it got stuck in the chain so i took that out but <laughs> it was broken he wasn't lying but it was just at home <laughs> jesus <laughs> okay so he knows how to frame a story <laughs> whoa he knows man he doesn't want to walk he hates walking <laughs> Uh, well, that's my bitsin. Yeah. What are you bitsin? Um, I am bitsin. Uh, I have, I'm bitsin about three things today. Uh, two two negative, one sort of positive. Okay. Um. All right. For one uh thing, well, I mean, this isn't really negative. It's all like it's a, it's positive arising from a negative. I think like just continue to recognize the groups that are speaking out and uh, uh about uh, Black Lives Matter. Uh, kind of continuation from last time. Um, the Woman Project is doing a lot of work in Rhode Island. My friend uh, Tammy Brown does a lot of good work with that. Uh, W-O-M-X-N. Woman Project uh, on Facebook. Um, yeah, just like, don't let that leave the zeitgeist. Like, because it's still going on. Those, like, the, like, the Aurora, Colorado police stormed a peaceful protest where they were playing violins. Like, uh, for for um, Elijah McClain and like God like yeah like uh, just just keep keep talking about that stuff like uh, and and there there are a number of different groups that you can you can support and get involved with but like just just keep it don't let it leave the timeline. Uh, number two, uh, I think with regard to the, the the current occupant of the White House, like I've noticed that he offends me like i'm not really a conservative person but he offends me as a conservative <laughs> i don't know if that like comes across like because i think it's because the things because like uh, the things he does like as a as a liberal i expect to, to disagree but like when he does the thing like russia russia is offering a bounty for the lives of american troops and like now, you know, I'm critical of the military, but, like, there's a part of me that's just, like, that's the troops. You support the troops. Like, <laughs> like, and, and, like, I, 
I like I, I criticize people for getting in that mode, but I'm in that mode. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, why do you hate the troops? <laughs> like, I want to go up to people like with a Trump bumper sticker and be like, "So you hate the troops?" <laughs> and that was what, like pe- that, that was what people would say to me like during the Iraq War, and I'd get mad at them. But now I'm that. Now I'm that guy. <laughs> and like, and it like it it like the Confederate statues thing. Like, okay, you know, like the liberal argument for that is like, okay, like they should be taken down because they were they own slavery. But like, but like I'm more like I find myself making the the they own slavery is what I said. Like they own slaves. No, they didn't own slavery. Um, <laughs> Uh, I find myself saying like no they're they should be taken down because they're the losers like <laughs> like no they're enemies of the state like why do we have statues of enemies <laughs> which is a participation trophy at this point <laughs> yeah but it's like what's next the statue are the statues of George Washington gonna come down like no George Washington was on our side like <laughs> <laughs> like I know he owned slaves too, but like he kind of did that thing where he created the country. Like, <laughs> and the the like like and the other thing, the the third thing is when I see him hugging and kissing the flag. Yeah, and I don't care if people burn the flag. Like when I see someone burning the American flag, I'm like, that's your right. Yeah. But, like, I see him, like, going up the, like, the flagpole and, like, hugging and kissing it and be like, I love you. I'm like, you get your fucking hands off that goddamn thing. I'm gonna fucking, like. <laughs> My favorite flag. I love you so much. Mwah. Mwah. Like, you take your filthy lips off of that. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, like, I, I get, like, my, my inner Republican comes out. <laughs> and it, which is odd, which is really odd, because I'm not a Republican. <laughs> Hearing you say some of this stuff is making me like, okay. <laughs> um, but like uh, the other thing, and I know that this is a lot of bits, and we that's been a while since we recorded. Uh, Carl Reiner passed away earlier today. Yeah, dude. Um, that. And and he's he's he is. If I don't know, he he might even be like my number one idol, comic idol. Like he's like for one thing, he's the straight man. Yep, he's the setup guy. He's the support, and he like that's who like I try to be in my comic career. Like is like I never really wanted to be the star of the show, but like he was the one who delivered the straight lines so that Mel Brooks could kind of like could riff on them, and he's so funny. Like in if you listen to the two thousand year old man, yeah. like listen to the albums, watch the videos, like he is hysterically funny. Like in the way he gives the setup line, so that Mel Brooks can deliver the punchline. Like, um, and he, and uh, just like ninety eight years old, just like did everything in his career. Like, what a like amazing guy. Like and, and, and like ninety eight years old seems too young for him to go to for him to go. How old is Mel Brooks? He's ninety four, ninety yeah, I think ninety four. I think he just turned ninety four. I um, there's a, there was I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but there was a documentary that came out five or six years ago about Mel Brooks. Mm-hmm. Like it was like his, and Carl Reiner was in it. Like mm-hmm. they're both like sitting in Mel Brooks's like living room. Yeah, 
eating uh, eating like off of TV trays, just talking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "This is." I just want to fucking be in that room. I know. <laughs> like, if you can find, if you can, if you can seek out Mark Maron's WTF episodes with like they, he did two in a row, like Mel Brooks and then Carl Reiner. Yeah, oh my god. Because he interviewed Mel Brooks and Mel was like, hey, Carl would probably want to talk to you. <laughs> like, they are so good, like, in what he, like, what he gets them to talk about. Like, in... No one in, who does comedy like those guys. Wait, say that again? There's no one, there is nobody right now, or I don't see anyone in the future who's going to be doing comedy like those two did, Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner. Like, there's no way. Or, with, in the case of Mel Brooks, even just film, like... It's uh, it's really overlooked how what a, what a good filmmaker Mel Brooks is, and what a good filmmaker Carl Reiner is too. I just I just rewatched The Man with Two Brains this morning. I don't know, like, have you seen the the Steve Martin movie? I haven't. That's watch it okay. as immediately as you can. It, it is hysterically so funny. Like he did this, he did a string of movies with Steve Martin in the like late seventies and eighties. He did The Jerk. He did The Man with Two Brains. He did All of Me. He did. Uh, Mm-hmm. I loved The Jerk. That was a great movie. Yeah, it's the same. Like, The Man with Two Brains is, like, the same kind of movie. Um, did you... My favorite Mel Brooks movie is To Be or Not To Be. And he didn't even direct that. It's a, it's, it's a great movie, and it's a remake of another great movie. Is it really? Well, To Be or Not To Be, yeah, from the 40s, which was made... You, you know the plot. I mean, you, you know the plot of To Be or Not To Be. It's about, a, like, you know, the, the theater in Poland during World War II. The original was made in 1942, okay. in the middle of World War II. <laughs> Shit, it's a same plot line essentially. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I love that movie because when Mel Brooks is imitating Adolf Hitler, I just, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that humor, I, I don't want that type of humor to ever go away, and I have a feeling that it will slowly start to go away. Um, you know, where you, at a point where you couldn't make jokes about World War II or anything. Like, like there was a point where people were like, no, but Mel Brooks was like, I got this. Like, I, feel, I feel like it's still here, but I feel like the people who are... I, I, it, it, like, a, there's, there aren't a lot of talented filmmakers like Mel Brooks. Yeah, there's a way to do it and I don't think anyone can find the formula on how to do it. But I think it's like it's not like we're getting it's not like we're getting too sensitive to it or anything. I think it's that the, you know it it, it it that it takes a certain type of person to actually pull it off. Yeah. Cuz a movie like The Death of Stalin, like to to go back to that. That is a hysterically funny movie about a very dark subject. And I think Ayanucci can do it. Ayanucci can pull it off. Like, doing something like Blazing Saddles, you can never do anything like that again. And Well, I couldn't, you couldn't, but, I mean, like, somebody... Yeah. <laughs> somebody like Mel Brooks could. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But that's what's Like, there's not gonna be, like... Maybe later in our lifetime, but... Like, like look, I wonder if there... There may be, because, like... It's more, like, whenever somebody complains, oh, couldn't, people too sensitive today can't make a movie like Blazing Saddles nowadays. It's like, well, like, maybe, like, maybe you couldn't. Like, it's like, maybe you're just upset that nobody laughs when you, when you say the N-word. Like, it's kind of like... There's a time and place, my friend. Like... Hold on, there is no time and place. 
If no, there isn't. <laughs> there is definitely no time and place to say that. <laughs> I know. Well, like, but it, it takes so much work is what really they're trying to say. Yeah. Is it takes so much earning yeah. to be for Mel Brooks to be able to make a comedy set, you know, what, during, what, in the late 19th century, like, where, like, you know, white guys are speaking the way white guys spoke at that time. And, like, and still be funny and still be taken, like, at your best intentions, like, and still actually... Like and 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 not have the use of that word be you know outweigh what you're trying to do. Yeah, and that's hard to do. I think when you say like couldn't do that nowadays, I think what they're saying is that's hard to do. Yeah, it's hard to do it, <laughs> and usually not worth it. It's hard to do tastefully, and I don't even. Right. I don't like saying tastefully, but like mm-hmm. it's it is. It's hard to do it mm-hmm. with someone going oh. <laughs> oh well yeah because well, i mean like you know 99 times out of 100 if you're like if, if, if you're going in if you're venturing into like a, that kind of you know dangerous area you know like you're you know the your audience might say well that wasn't worth it for that yeah but like you you have to your your mover your movie better be fucking funny <laughs> like like if that you you better like you better prove that there's no other word you could have used there yeah like yeah man i'm like i see i see audacious stuff being created all the time like look at like have you seen sorry to bother you no boots riley's movie with lakeith stanfield like about like that that's a nuts movie and like that i feel like when you know that that that's a movie that has targets. Okay, I'm sorry. Like, that, you should check it out. Like, I think it's on Hulu still. All right, I'll do that then. Because I'm I just rented Man with Two Brains, mm-hmm. the the highway one. Mm-hmm. Lost Highway. Lost Highway. Thank you. And then Hulu has. I'm sorry to bother you. I think so. Yeah, it's it, like it's kind of like I, I think of it when I think of Blazing Saddles because it's a silly comedy. That's one. <laughs> headphones on or where he has the phone on and his head's wrapped up yeah yeah it's uh yeah he's he plays a uh um telemarketer yep. yeah, yeah 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 oh yeah, yeah yeah okay that is on my list in hulu that it's yeah because that's a movie i think of because it's like it's really socially relevant like it has a lot to say but it's also like a silly comedy as well i, I almost so that was in theaters for a hot minute i don't know if anybody remembers what movie theaters are uh for the <laughs> I don't know. It's like a place where you like. Um, is that a place where you go and? Uh, it's just where you go to watch just, eat popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> like you do it popcorn. At, you do it at home now, but I make popcorn at home. Wait, is it home? <laughs> you do it at a place that has a recliner. I have a recliner at home, though. So this has been the bits per second podcast in which Carl and I go on about David Lynch and DC Comics. <laughs> Thank you. Hold on. I just want to say, for those who are here right now that lasted throughout the whole thing, thank you. You're the reason why we do this. Thank you. With From the bottom of our hearts. The, um, the bottom. Like the wicked bottom of the high. Very, the very bottom. Bottom. Um, the 
bit players normally would be performing every Friday and Saturday uh, at the Firehouse Theater in Newport. Uh, when, given that Rhode Island is ahead of most states, mm-hmm. but we, you are- know, I'm not going to jinx it, but there, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel somewhere. I don't know if it's months ahead or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll be, we'll be seeing audiences at some point. Uh, in the meantime, uh, keep checking this feed, uh, keep checking the social media, uh, accounts for we cool have, stuff. Um, I have, I, I have three more bits per se. I mean, um, Jesus Christ. Three Steph more. Steph Tammy's there. I have two Steph Corn Tammy's and three one-on-ones. And you know who did a one-on-one was John. Oh, John did one? He did. And I really. Oh, cool. Frank's. 47 minutes long, and that's going to take me six days to edit. <laughs> yeah, that, that seems that way. That's going to be a part, that's going to be a two-part thing. Yours came out, correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Um, but yeah, so keep an eye out. Uh, the mm-hmm. last two episodes of Steph Corn Tammy are going to be coming out soon. Nice. Uh, the last, I'm going to say four one-on-ones. Don't quote me on it. Are mm-hmm. out soon, and uh, hopefully some more spoof commercials. Just mm-hmm. and just keep paying. check the Instagram. Keep the yeah, check the Instagram. Uh, Bit players should be doing takeovers again. Uh, We're gonna be doing Instagram takeover. Yeah, I'll be I'll be planning my next one. Yeah, if we haven't done one soon, I'm just gonna start one on Saturday, <laughs> July fifth. Is it the fifth? It's, God, what what are days anymore? <laughs> Saturday is the fourth, actually. Well, then I'm going to do a Saturday. America's birthday, Carl's takeover. Doing it, then you know what? Screw it. If we haven't done a takeover long, so I'm just going to start a takeover, and I'm going to put it in the chat right now, saying, "Hey, Ooh. I'm taking over. Figure <laughs> out who's next." <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the fourth, Jim is doing the fifth. Figure it out. All right. Well, I'm on it. Perfect. <laughs> oh, God. This has been the Bits Per Second Big Players Podcast. I'm Jim. I'm Carl. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I always try to line it up. It never really quite works. <laughs>